Welcome to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college sports. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Welcome, Voice America Nation. It's not Hurley Brown today. It's his uh, sixth man off the bench, Kelvin Harris. Uh, it's been a while since I've talked to you people, so I want to wish everybody a happy new year out there. Uh, today, I think we're going to break it down and talk about the combine, uh, free agency. We're going to go through the NBA because, uh, it's getting close to playoff season. There's about 20 to 22 games left for each team. And then, um, I guess I want to finish up with the Oscars. We'll talk about the Oscars, why not? Now, um, starting off, I want to say this is a big week for a lot of kids uh, around this country. Quite a few of them will be in Indianapolis this week for the NFL uh, scouting combine. And, you know, I, um, even though I was drafted, I did not go to the combine. I had a hurt knee, which I guess in a sense was a blessing because when you come into this particular job interview, because that's really what it is, and you have any type of lingering injury or any type of injury that they may have a question about, each team will um, check out your injury. So if you've got a knee, you're going to have 32 guys, 32 team doctors yanking on your knee. And it's a short period of time, and it is... It's, it's rough because, you know, contrary to what a lot of people believe, the combine is not set up for you to show who you are. It's set up to find your flaws so when they go to your contract, they can, you know, cut you in the salary negotiations. So that's why, you know, you see the back and forth about should I run or should I lift or should I throw, should I catch? Because a bad performance at the combine can cost you a lot of money. Now, I was in the last 12-round draft, actually me and Hurley both, because we came out the same year. So um, it wasn't that much as much publicity on the combine as it is now. Now you get to see the guys run live and lift live. When we came out, we would get the results about two, three days later. And, um, you know, that was something that everybody looked forward to. The uh, thing about it was, you know, you would always have some dispute on your height or whatever. But, um, you know, for a lot of people, it was a chance to be seen. So, um, in this particular combine... The big person that everybody's going to be looking at is Kyler Murray. Because if he measures in at 5'8", 3'4", 5'9", 3'4", there's going to be some guys who are skeptical, some teams who are skeptical about drafting him. Looking at the kid from what he did in college, he has a great arm. He's extremely fast. Um, Looks to be pretty accurate. He can really throw the ball. The question mark is, will he be able to throw the ball from behind a pro line? Um, you know, he did a pretty good job in college of moving around, creating 
uh, space for him to make throws. But the one thing I will say is in the Big 12, it was a lot easier to throw the ball. There wasn't as much pass rush. And um, to be honest with you, the secondaries looked like they were playing flag football. So he'll be under a lot more pressure um, in the pros. And it's a legitimate uh, concern about his size because uh, supposedly he's up to 206 pounds. So let's just say he's 5'10", 5'9", and 3'4", 206. You know, that is a very tiny quarterback. Now, he's got great foot speed, he's got great quickness. But the thing about it is this is a great year for defensive linemen. So you're going to have a lot of young, hungry defensive linemen coming into the league, especially at the defensive tackle position. And they're going to um, they're going to clog up the middle. And one of the things you notice about Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, you know, Baker Mayfield, the smaller quarterbacks, and, and even the taller quarterbacks, is if you can disrupt them up the middle of the field, that's where the problems are at. So it's going to be interesting to see who takes him and exactly when he does get to start playing, how teams game playing him. Because, you know, looking at his, his frame, he can't get too much bigger. Like, he won't be a 230-pound player. He needs to play around if he's lucky at 210 to keep his quickness and whatnot. The thing about it is, you know, the offensive linemen aren't as good as the defensive linemen in the NFL. And I think he's going to get significant push up the middle. I think he'll be a serviceable quarterback. But I just feel like the defenses are going to make adjustments, not only to him, but to guys like Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield and even Deshaun Watson. And, you know, the one thing he can do is he can throw from the pocket. He does maneuver around in the pocket pretty good. But and he did have really, you know, large linemen at Oklahoma. But the thing about it is he won't have the time and the open windows that he had at Oklahoma. And, you know, people will say, well, Baker Mayfield did good. He did do good. But to the Browns' credit, to John Dorsey's credit, he surrounded Baker Mayfield with playmakers. I like I, I'll be honest with you. I would like to. Like, you could have switched Sam Donald, Josh Rosen for Baker Mayfield, and I think it would have been the same. People say, "Well, he's a leader, and people look after him." But Sam Donald had nobody, and he kept him in a lot of games. So that's another thing. If he does say he does get drafted by Arizona, it's going to be in a world of hurt because they don't have anything. So um, that's one guy that's going to be on display. Another guy is um, Dwayne Haskins, guy from Ohio State. He is um, he'll be about six five, about two thirty. So he will, in my opinion, be the first guy off that board. Um, he checks all the boxes. He um, he he can throw from the pocket. He's not that agile. But Ryan Day did a good job of um, acclimating him to a pro system. So I think he'll probably go to the Giants. Now, people are saying Kyler Murray will go to the, the Dolphins at 13, 11, or whatever. It doesn't fit the Dolphins system that they'll be bringing in. They'll be bringing in a New England Patriots system. And um, 
from what I see, they're going to want someone who's a little bit more pocket-friendly, you know, who can read coverages and make checks at the line. And they say, you know, that Kyler Murray is, um, you know, he's got that skill, but a rookie quarterback in that system, no. They'll probably be in the Nick Foles sweepstakes. Now, also, Drew Locke is getting a lot of um, a lot of talk. He's got a great arm. He's got good size. Played in a questionable system in college. But his last year, Derek Dooley came in and made it more pro-friendly. So, and he had a good senior bowl. So, I expect, uh, expect him to be a first-rounder as well. Looking around the board, um, sleeper quarterback to me is Tyreek Jackson from Buffalo, 6'7", 245. Um, great arm, good mobility, played in a pretty good program, some good receivers. He'll have a guy to get one of his receivers, Anthony Johnson, will be drafted in the first three rounds. And, you know, they got some talent on the team. So look for him. Looking at other positions. The most loaded position is defensive line. Edge rushers, inside guys, there'll probably be about 10 D linemen go in the first round and probably another 7 to 10 go in the second round. It is a big year for D linemen. Um, there's a lot of guys who are getting overlooked, so it's going to be interesting. The um, That's probably... The most stacked position, I think, in the draft. Um, also, there's some pretty good linebackers coming out. There's really no position as deep as the D line is this year. There's not a there's not a great offensive lineman. Um, you know, you look at Greedy Williams, and he's considered maybe the best cornerback coming out. You know, also, uh, DeAndre Baker's gotten a lot of uh, notice. You look at the linebackers, now I will say this, Devin White and Devin Bush. The Devins are both going to be first-round draft pick. Devin White, 6'1", 240, 4'8", 4'9", out of LSU. And then Devin Bush, 5'11", 235, out of Michigan. Both heat-seeking missiles. Those two guys are solid first-round picks. Um, the receiver position is weak. You know, Hollywood Brown from Oklahoma is supposed to be the top receiver. He's only 5'9", 170 at best. He's a 4'3 guy. But, you know, there's been, there's been some success out of smaller receivers the last few years. I don't know if he can um, emulate that success. He's really small. It's not real physical. He's just a fast guy. So that's going to be interesting. Um, no standout offensive lineman. Running back position this week. This is really not a great draft, other than, in my opinion, other than the D-line position. So we're going to see um, other players to watch outside of quarterback. I mentioned Hollywood Brown. He is really small. He's really fast. He was really productive at Oklahoma. Two-year starter. Then you got a guy like uh, Nick Boza. You know, he took two-thirds of the season off, but he really didn't have anything to prove. 
great technician. He's not going to run a 4-4, but he doesn't need to. He has got a great get-off. He uses his hands well. He's got size. He plays the run. He plays the pass. If Arizona doesn't trade down, Nick Boza is as solid a prospect that there is at the D-line. I don't know if he's better than his brother, but he's in a similar um, category. But then there's other guys. There's Montez Sweat, um, Cleveland Farrell, Rayshon Gary. There's at least five of those guys that are going first round. Um, come back, we're going to talk about the defensive tackles a little bit. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more combine on the Get Down with Hurry Brown. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call into 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, people, we're back here on the Get Down with Hurley Brown, and I'm your host today, Kelvin Harris, subbing in for the the man himself, Early Brown. Um, we were talking combine before the break, and um, I was talking about the defensive tackles. About to get into defensive tackles. Um, this is a huge year for defensive linemen, especially in the interior. Uh, you go down the list. Christian Wilkins has gotten a lot of the big talk. You know, him and Dexter Lawrence at Clemson. I mean, you got one guy that's 6'5", 350. Wilkins is 6'4", 315. Then you got other guys. You got uh, Quentin Williams, who just showed up out of nowhere, third-year sophomore at Alabama. He's got some pass rush ability, uh, plays to run well. 
all of the Alabama linemen are technically sound. They play the gaps. They play the run. Um, he and uh, Isaiah Ruggs have um, provided some pass rush. Williams will be a top 10 pick. Um, but it seems like everybody in the SEC had a guy. Uh, the big guy from uh, Mississippi, Jeffrey Simmons, will also be a top 10 pick. This guy is built more like a linebacker. I mean, he's 6'3", 6'4", about 3'10". But he doesn't have a lot of stomach. He's built lean. And he moves around well. Um, the kid at Texas A&M, uh, I believe it's Delvin Matt. He wears number 34. He's more of a truck. He's probably 6'3", I want to say 320. You're talking about another guy who is a, um, a dump truck. He'll probably be a late first-round pick. A guy that a lot of people are not talking about is a kid from um, my alma mater, Gerald Willis. Gerald is 6'4", 305. He had 18 tackles lost this year. I mean, we're talking about a true difference maker and disruptor from the three technique. Pass rush, uh, he plays the run. He can run down plays from the back side. He'll be a late first round, early second round pick. He had some character issues earlier in his career, and I think that'll cost him. Also, Draymond Jones from Ohio State. Um, after Joey Boza, or excuse me, Nick Boza uh, took the rest of the year off, Draymond Jones stepped his game up and was a force inside. They have, he has a great um, position coach in Larry Johnson who trained him well. The Ohio State guys, they're technically sound as well. Like I said, looking at the linebacker position, um, the two Devons are the ones that really stick out and are really, in my mind, the only two guys that could possibly be first-round draft pick. There's just, you know, this is not a big draft at the top, but I think there's some quality um, in the middle rounds, say from second to fifth. There's some guys that are going to be starters. You know, they're not, you know, the, the show in a draft is the first round. That's the pick for the owner, and you know that's the pick that you know is going to put the you know be the face of the franchise in the future. But the meat and potatoes of most rosters occurs between third and uh, sixth round, third and fifth round, I would say, because those are your you know your guys who have you know starter talent, but um, there's a flaw. Either they're too short too light or not fast enough, but they're football players. But in the scouting world, if you're a, um, if you're a scout, you don't want to have your name attached to some guy who is a bust. So nobody takes a chance on the margin on the, on the, on the person who doesn't have the numbers of the, you know, the physical numbers of the stats, which is why this whole Kyler Murray thing is interesting because he He's definitely outside the box in the body type. But stats-wise, film-wise, he um, he looks good. Uh, also, before I get away from the D-lineman, I don't want to forget Josh Allen from Kentucky. Josh Allen was, or Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech. 
Ferguson is not going to be invited to this combine because he had a misdemeanor uh conviction on his record for when he was a freshman and something with a fight, bar fight. But the, the the rule of thumb now with the NFL combine is if you have any violence, any battery or domestic disputes, domestic violence, you're not allowed at the combine. But Jalen Ferguson has got the size, the technique, and the stats. He is the all-time leading career sacker in the history of the NCAA. He finished with his number. He wore 45. He finished with 45 sacks. He's got the size. He's 6'4", 6'5", 260, 260-ish. I don't think this combine thing will be a deterrent in his draft status. Um, Josh Allen will be another top 10 defensive line pick. He and Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary can play in any system. He's 6'5", 285. He played defensive end at Michigan, but he can play three technique and a four three. He can be a four five. He can be a four five technique and a three four. Um, he can be a he can be an outside end in a four three. I mean, he can play any position for you. He's got the size. He's got the the, the, the demeanor, and he he also has um, the technique and the pass rush ability. Um. Going back to the offensive side of the ball, this, like I said, is a very light year, in my opinion, for uh, offensive talent, like that running back. Right now, the top running back on the board is Joshua Jacobs from Alabama, a guy who didn't even start for Alabama. Played a lot, showed a lot in the playoffs, you know, in the um, – Showed a lot in the SEC championship game and in the semifinal game against Oklahoma. You know where he's from? He's from Oklahoma, and I think he took it personal that um, OU didn't recruit him harder. Um, behind him, I want to say the kid from uh, Kentucky, Benny Snell, is going to get a big look. He's gotten a lot bigger. He runs good inside. Um, he is definitely uh, a pro back. He doesn't have the blazing speed, but he has everything else you're looking for. Um, an interesting uh, late uh, uh, draft, uh, early early uh, draft uh, guy is uh, Evan Holyfield's son. This kid is built like his dad. But he runs like a Mack truck, and he had a productive career at Georgia. But DeAndre Swift decided to come back. They got some young, talented backs that got to play next year, and I think he probably figured that this was the year to come out because there's just not a lot of top-notch running backs. There's not, you know, next year there'll be some guys that are going to go off the board rather quickly. Um, looking around. Snell. Um, uh, there's a, a sleeper kid. Is a Jordan Scarlet kid from Florida. He's got the size. He's got the speed. Um, he ran a lot tougher this year than he had run before. And then there's some character issues because he was involved in a uh, um, a credit card banking scheme scam at Florida that cost him a year of uh, playing time. He suspended for a whole year. Um, 
looking out west, Miles um, Borkin from um, Washington is um, going to be a sleeper back. Excuse me, Miles Gaskin. This kid, Gaskin, had four straight thousand-yard rushing seasons for uh, Washington. You know, he's not going to be a sexy pick because he just doesn't doesn't wow you with, you know, a great body type or tremendous speed, but he's a productive guy. I mean, he moves the chains, and I think sometimes, you know, when you're you're scouting these players, the practicality of it all should make sense. Um, Jonah Williams from um, Alabama is being lauded as one of the two or three best tackles. Looking at him play, I don't think he's going to be a tackle. I think I think his um, his reach isn't long enough, and he doesn't have the f- the foot quickness to be a left tackle. I see him being more of a guard, left guard, possibly a right guard, maybe even a right tackle. The guy that I've been looking at is Gregory Little from Mississippi. He was involved in some of the Mississippi recruiting scandals earlier in his career, but he had a great, great career. Uh, he's got the length, he's 6'6", he's got the feet, he's got the toughness. Um, he's the only only guy that really caught my attention this year um, that I thought was going to be a solid top-line first pick. Um, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break, go to commercial, and when we come back, we're going to talk about free agency. So... Let's go ahead and let the sponsor, let our sponsors talk about their products. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the guys that are going to get franchised on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel racers and rental cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry join hosts cameron foray and don o'neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day it's about the business as well as the fun we've got the scoop the guests the discussion and the wtf moments all you need to do is bring your ears racers and rental cars heard every saturday at 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern right here on the voice america variety channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio streaming live the leader in internet talk radio 
VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call into 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to the Get Down with Hurley Brown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, Voice America, it's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. And I'm subbing in for Hurley today. I'm your uh, host, Sixth Man of the Year, Kelvin Harris. You know, before the before the break, we were talking about the uh, NFL Combine, and now I want to segue into actual NFL team news. Uh, the The franchise tag period is now upon us, and they have until March 5th to declare guys uh, on the franchise tag. Five guys were franchised last year. One of them, Le'Veon Bell, set out the whole year. He won't be franchised this year. He will be looking to get a very lucrative free agent contract. Amongst the guys who are going to get franchised, Demarcus Lawrence and Jay Davian Clowney are the two big names. Um, Demarcus Lawrence was franchised last year, and he'll probably be franchised again this year. He's had two double-digit sack seasons. It's all pro. He is the hammer for the front seven of the Dallas Cowboys defense. Now, the problem they have is they got a couple people they got to pay. They can push Ezekiel off until next year. Uh, they they want to take care of Dak Prescott's contract now. Uh, they got Amari Cooper. And they also have Demarcus Lawrence. The reality is, as long as Dak Prescott doesn't get full of himself and ask for the world, meaning anything above $25 million, they should be able to um, get most of the people paid. I mean, they got a franchise tag to Marcus Lawrence. He'll probably be getting somewhere in the neighborhood of $17 million. Um, Ezekiel just has to wait till next year. Amari Cooper is the big guy that they got to take care of. And I think as long as Dak Prescott will accept, say, $22 million over, say, a five-year period, they should be okay. If he comes in wanting more than, say, 22 23 it's going to be a problem. And to be honest with you, I don't think he's worth it. Um, but they must keep Lawrence. He is the only true big-time pass rusher in the organization. Randy Gregory has some talent, but he's got a lot of issues, and he's still got to work on his discipline. And after those two, the cupboard is bare. Now, um, looking at Clowney, uh, one of my former teammates in the World League uh, worked for that organization for 12 years, and, um, you know, I used to tell him all the time, I just thought that they did not use the Jadavian Clowney properly. Um, this team is primarily a base 3-4 team. They've got three for sure pass rushers, Whitney Merciless, J.J. Watt, and Clowney. And then they got some good guys on the inside who clog the run and can also give you a little bit of push on the interior. 
they used Jadavian Clowney in a number of ways. Uh, the year that J.J. Watt was out, he he moved all over the place. But the problem I've got with that is this guy is a pure right-in stud. If you just put this guy right in and just let him rush, he can get you 15-plus sacks every year, 15 to 20 sacks. He also, even though he doesn't look it, is wiry strong and plays the run well. He's a disruptor. He can now, to his credit, he took advantage of um, the different places that they 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 they, they uh, used him at. He can get over a center and be the center. He can be the guard. He can stand up and play in blitz from linebacker. He is a um, he's a stud. And he should be paid like a stud. Um, you know, Khalil Mack is the consensus number one end edge rusher in the league. Now, Jadavion Clowney is not that far behind. Neither is Demarcus Lawrence. Now, another guy that's going to get franchised more than likely is the is the GOAT. Not the greatest of all time, but the GOAT of the AFC Championship game, D4. Because if he doesn't line up offside, the whole uh, Super Bowl um, story has changed because New England would have lost that game because on the play that he lined up offside, Tom Brady throws the game, losing interception. That, of course, gets overturned, and then, you know, we all know the rest. But D4 had a breakout season this year. I believe he had 15 sacks. He was a disruptor. No one could block him. He ran plays down from the backside when it was on the when it was you know we were talking run defense. He played at an all pro level. Thing about it is, if it looks like they're going to either franchise him or get him on a long term deal, which means Justin Houston more than likely won't be back in Kansas City next year. So, I expect Kansas City to be in the market in a free agency or in a draft or someone to balance off what D4 does. And then, you know, Steve Spagnola takes over for Bob Sutton. Don't be surprised if he gets to put his hand in the dirt and they go to a 4-3 where you really get to see him get off the ball. Um, the other big name, I think, in the franchising situation is supposedly Nick Foles. There's a consensus that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to um, franchise him so they can control where, what team he lands on because they don't want to see him in their division with uh, the you know the Giants or the Redskins. Foles is uh, a Super Bowl champion, and he's a fan favorite in Philly. But, you know, Carson Wentz is the, fu- the, the present and the future for the Eagles at that position. I'm not that sold on Nick Foles, to be honest with you. I think he did some good things for the Eagles. I think he's gotten better over the last two years as a quarterback. But can he lead the team from day one through week 17 and get them in the playoffs? I just think it's full school. I think that it was kismet in Philly. Everything just timed out right. He stepped in at the right time, and he sank his jumpers. You know, so the way it worked is he had to uh, buy out his option for $2 million. He did that, which realistically is kind of a farce because they owe him like $4 million. So he just took two of the four that they owed him to buy out his contract. 
And then the Eagles have uh, some time. They got to decide whether or not they want to franchise him. If they franchise him, he'll be guaranteed $20 million next year. Maybe a little more than that, 20, 24, I believe. So the reality is the salary cap is not a friend of the Eagles. They have to get rid of him. And, you know, looking at it, if they're not going to trade into the Giants or the Redskins, the team I think he fits best in the next two, three years is the Miami Dolphins because uh, Brian Flores is bringing in Chad O'Shea as the offensive coordinator who was in New England with him. And they're going to run a similar offense. And Nick Foles is perfect for that offense. Um, question is, do the Dolphins have the talent level at receiver and tight end running back to run their offense? I think they do because word is Frank Gore's coming back. They got uh, Kenyon Drake, who... Um, subbed in for a goal when he got hurt extremely well. He catches the ball out of the backfield. They actually have Danny Amendola over there who can help with the learning curve of the offense. So from that standpoint, he definitely would be a great fit in Miami. Now, I don't know if Miami has the, the resources, the assets, that Philly is looking for. But to be honest with you, I don't know how much of a, how many options the Philadelphia Eagles are going to have when it comes to trading this guy. Because this guy is expensive. And there's not that many teams that are truly desperate for a quarterback. So it's going to be an interesting situation. Um, It would be a definitely, in my opinion, an upgrade if they did get him over Tannehill because Tannehill has just been middle of the road. He's never won a um, significant game, an important game for the Dolphins. And I just think that um, with Foles' experience over the last two years and the system they're putting in place in Miami, I think it's a perfect fit. Um, Another interesting situation will be what Arizona does. If they don't draft the D-line, if they don't trade down, they do pick Kyler Murray. That means Josh Rosen will more than likely be on the trading block. Rosen had a decent first year. He he was he was he was the most pro ready out of all of the young quarterbacks. He didn't have the resources, the assets that Baker Mayfield had. Um, or really, to be honest with you, Baker Mayfield out of those five quarterbacks had the most uh, talent around him, and that's why he succeeded. Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, um, Josh, uh, uh, Sam Donald, Lamar Jackson had average at best talent around him. Uh, Sam Donald was playing with me, the producers of this show, and a couple of hobos. Uh, sleeping on the street in New York. That was his talent. And the thing that I liked about him is he kept him in games. Josh Rosen is a young, talented quarterback. So they could get some good uh, assets back for him, whether it be draft picks, whether it be young players, because he's a quarterback, and it's a quarterback-driven league, and he has all the tools to possibly succeed. 
Uh, he's a smart kid. He's going to challenge his coaches. He's got good, 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 sound fundamentals. He's smart. He can make all the throws. In my opinion, it'd be a mistake to let him go. But looks like to me, Arizona's going to install this bubblegum offense that Cliff Kingsbury ran at Texas Tech. And if you pay attention to the success he had at Texas Tech, it'll show you what I think of his chance to be successful in the NFL. I mean, the guy got fired from his job, and he got a pro coaching job as a reward. What's wrong with that picture? Um, plus, you know, everybody's looking for that next Sean McVay. And I'm not saying Sean McVay isn't a, a, a savant, a, a young guru, but the reality is what you fans need to understand is as much as you want to see points, it boils down to this. If your O-line can run block and pass protect, you can get fancy and gimmicky because it boils down to running the ball and protecting your pass. The New England Patriots took it all the way back to when I was playing in the league in 92, 93. They went and they brought in a fullback. They went two tight ends. And they smash mouth teams all the way to a Super Bowl title because nobody plays the run anymore because nobody wants to run the ball. Well, Sean McVay's offense was based and predicated upon running the ball and setting up play-action passes and then a gimmick play here and there. Well, as you saw, when you can't run the ball, it's a problem. Now, I foresee... Arizona having problems. They got a good foundation with Larry Fitzgerald and uh, David Johnson. But I just don't know how all the pieces are going to fit. Right before we go to break, I want to talk about, just briefly, the situation that happened with Robert Kraft over the weekend. I really didn't want to give it too much oxygen because, look, yes, prostitution is legal. Um, And his luck was... He picked the wrong massage parlor to go to. They've not implicated him in the human trafficking, and they it's a good bet they won't because he just went to get himself served, get himself a massage and whatever else. The guy, um, I'm talking to some people, he is uh, going through some things with the loss of his wife. He still hasn't got over the loss of his wife, and he struggles day to day with just living. Now, for whatever reason, he wanted to relieve himself. Um, probably was a bad choice to even go there. If you know you're a guy like that, you probably should be able to order in. But it's neither here nor there. I just wanted to you know briefly talk about it. I you'll probably end up with five hundred dollar fine, a thousand dollar fine in community service, and you'll probably get more trouble from the NFL because they're going to suspend him and fine him more than when he will from you know, Jupiter's police department. That's all I got to say about it. When we come back, I want to talk briefly about the Oscars and a little bit about basketball. So we're going to take a break, finish up here on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com 
This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're hitting the water with a panel of angling experts to tackle the pre-spring fishing action. We'll break down water temps, how to approach each body of water, and what baits are triggering bites. Joining us will be Trev Gowdy, host of Trev Gowdy's Monster Fish, and Jared Lintner from Major League Fishing. Jim and Trav are talking the hookup, and it's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. After years of waiting, there's a radio show for shotgunning enthusiasts worldwide. Tune into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation for the very best in wing and clay shooting talk. Join Marty and his guests as they bring you hunting and shooting information that you can use. So whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, this show can be your go-to source for wing and clay shooting information. Listen live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. On the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call into 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, Voice America Nation. I want to, before we get to the Oscars, I want to, you know, talk briefly about the NBA. We're down to the last 20 games. And right now, my beloved Lakers are 29 and 31. People are throwing dirt over the grave, basically saying it's over for us. But, hey, man, I've been with this team since Magic's rookie year. I'm not about to just jump off the ship. Even though it looks bleak, the team has the talent. If they decide to play any kind of defense, they can actually um, make make the playoffs. It's probably going to be as an eighth seed, and they're probably going to see uh, Golden State. But contrary to what a lot of people are saying, well, these kids ain't going to be with the team in the future, and it, it doesn't really matter. Look, they got five young, talented players. You know, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, um, Kyle Kuzma, and technically, well, Kentavious Caldwell Pope is on a um, is on a um, his contract expires, so they'll be he'll be very. Um, very, very valuable. Um, you know, whether they cut him or whatever, they'll you know he'll he'll be moved. Then they got Mo Wagner, the first round draft pick, a kid who can um, you know he's he's a stretch four, stretch five. But they got to pick it up. LeBron can't do it all. I mean, the chances of all five of those. 
kids being not on the team next year, I think personally it's slim. I think that two or three of them are going to get moved, but I still see, I mean, I see either Kuzma or Ingram being back with the team next year and possibly Josh Hart. I think Lonzo Ball is probably going to get moved. And the reality is, you know, if if LeBron doesn't get hurt and miss 18 games, even with the trade um, talk, this team would be in a far better situation because you're talking about they went 6-12 and without LeBron. If LeBron is on the team during that 18-game span, I'll give him at worst 10-8. and eight. That's a four-game swing. Four-game swing. So instead of being 29 and 31, you're talking 30, 31, 33 and 27. And actually, I'm going to take it up a step further. They lost to Atlanta, Memphis, and um, New Orleans all on the road. All games that they should have won. So throw those three games in, you're talking 34, 26, 35, 25. They would probably be 36, 24 right now. And probably in the top four like they were before LeBron got hurt. Um, The Warriors are going to win the championship. Just a question of who's in the NBA or the uh the Western Conference Finals against them. The the, the 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 Eastern Conference is a little bit more interesting because you have four teams at the top with the Bucks being the team with the best record in the league and arguably maybe the guy that's going to win the MVP and the Greek freak, um, he's been playing incredible. Um, people say, well, he can't shoot. Uh, three, he's not really a great perimeter shooter at all per se, but every game everybody knows where he's going and nobody's stopping him. And he's clutch, late, he plays defense, I mean he is, he runs the floor, he rebounds and then I just think people don't give those other players enough credit. Malcolm Brockham is a solid player. You know, Chris Middleton, this is not an accident, he's worked to get himself better. You know, they've got parts that work. They made a good trade to get themselves another shooter, another big body. And like uh, David West was saying the other day on uh, ESPN on their their morning show, Get Up, these guys play the game the right way, similar to how the Warriors play it. They pick when they're supposed to pick. They roll when they're supposed to roll. They switch on defense. They pass the ball. They get the open shot. They block out. They run the floor. They just, you know, because it's Milwaukee, you don't see them a lot. But they are like the Eastern Conference version of San Antonio. Uh, Toronto, they got a great player in Kawhi Leonard. They're probably renting him because look like he's going to be a Clipper next year. He bought a $15 million house in San Diego uh, two months ago. So, and me personally, I've been to Toronto. I love the city, but I just don't, you know, he's a West Coast guy. That's too far away from home for him. And even though I think he's in the MVP candidate, 
conversation. I just think that the rest of his team won't get it done. I I'm still gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Sixers to to lose to the Warriors in the final, but it's gonna be more competitive than what people think. Um. Also, quick quick shout out. All the controversy on Green Book winning Best Picture. Vigo Mortensen and Mach- uh, I don't want to butcher the guy's name. The, the Ali guy that won Best Supporting Actor. Those guys had tremendous, tremendous performances. And I think the movie as a whole was good. The social implications. Look, that's an argument, but the movie was good, and that's what you're. That's what the. That's what the award is all about. The performance of the movie. Same thing with Olivia Coleman winning best actress this is not a career achievement award and i didn't see either film but everyone says she was great in the movie they say glenn close was also great but the reality was a lot more people thought olivia coleman was good was was as, was better than that than, than glenn close and i'm gonna close it off on that point i want to say thank you people i, I appreciate it hurry let me send in for him today hurry be back next week so for all you people out there, um, I hope to have you, the rest of your day is a, is a wonderful, blessed day. And now we're signing off. By the way, it's all about the Canes. Enough said. See you, uh, see you guys the next time I'm on air. Maybe it's with Hurley next week. If not, uh, have a blessed day. Thanks for tuning in to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.